cliffcentral.com This is cliffcentral.com Welcome to the Futurology Show. Um, we're in November, and as it's a new month and a new season and weird weather patterns, my whole day and show and planning has gone weird. Um, Brett's running late. I'm trying to get my guest to come online earlier, but he's dialing in from Aussie, so I've roped in a colleague. Hello, Neil. How's it, Brett? You say it like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, Neil. You and I haven't spoken for ages. Eh? For sure. So for those that don't know Neil, I mean, everyone should know Neil. Neil Mindcheese is joining us. He's our um, business development manager. What, what are you? I mean, you do everything, but what is your proper title? I, I basically keep the lights on, uh, Brett, but yeah, I'm the business development manager for uh, Cliff Central. And, uh, yeah, I, I keep the lights on. Fantastic. So if anyone so, wants uh, to advertise here, email sales at cliffcentral.com. There we go. You see, I knew I could get a punt out of you. <laughs> so as I said, this is going to be a weird and wonderful. We'll have Neil with us for a bit. Then hopefully our guests will join us. Uh, B2 might join us. But we're unscripted, unplanned, and everything else, so why not have a curveball as well? So, Neil, you, I know you listen to my show. I know you download it regularly and, and all those good things. Um, so, and I, I, you probably keep it next to your bedside table as well. So, that's just uh, creepy. That's just creepy. <laughs> well, that's next to my picture, right? So, uh, I always start with the app of the week. Um, and this week, I found a very cool one called No Scroll. Um, that could be taken many ways, but basically what it does, and I, I know we've all had this situation with the no scroll app, what you do is you select photos that you want people to see. Now, this is not one of those apps where you're trying to hide photos from your significant others, but we've all had the situation where you give your phone to someone like you want to show them a picture of your, of your party or your holiday or whatever it was. And of course, they scroll left and right, and, and they get to one of those pictures you don't necessarily want them to see. It doesn't even have to be a bad picture. It could just be like you on a bad hair day or, uh, you know, like one of those blurry ones and that. So what no scroll does is you, you open the app. It will bring up your camera roll, and then you select the pictures you want people to see, and then you pass them your phone. And they can scroll through all the photos that you're allowing them to see. And that way, there won't be any photos you don't want them. Um, and more importantly, you can actually save the folder. So like if you want to show the grandparents uh, the birthday party and there's two different sets of grandparents, you set it up once, save it, and then when you see the next set of grandparents, you, you hand your phone. And it's all good to go. Oh, that sounds um, very useful. Yeah, so it's a nice little app. Um, I just thought it was it was just something a bit different. And we're going to be going into photo season soon. Um, so, so Brett, um, yes. have you actually tested that app out? Can yeah. you actually hand me your phone and I can just compare the, 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 the no. hidden photos versus the unhidden <laughs> photos? I've got the app on my phone, but I haven't got anything that's set there. And it was Halloween this weekend, so there's definitely <laughs> yeah. stuff I'm not ready to share. Frightening. Staying with apps, um, Instagram has finally done what I think they were obviously designed to do. And they've now, they, they're testing it in the States with, I think, 50 partners. Uh, but you can now shop from Instagram. Oh, so wow. you'll That's be able to see that. Yeah, it's, it is huge. But, I mean, it makes sense. Think about it. You can only share your photos and your recipes and all these other wonderful things for so long. Now you can actually turn into a commercial model. Will Facebook make their $13 billion back? Don't think so. Um, but I think it's a, it, it's a good play. It's coming in time for, for the festive season and Black Friday and all those good things. So, Brett, I think, I think that's a, that's a great development. I, th- I think it was a matter of time before you, you linked creating a need, uh, with, uh, with fulfilling that need in the same space. Um, we're actually doing, going to be doing something similar around here. So, so, so you see, there was a reason up. why I got Absolutely. you Absolutely. I saw you right you know, in there. Yes. I mean, like, uh, I always try to lead into everything when I have people <laughs> joining me. So, but Brett, what I actually want to ask you is, uh, that, um, that, uh, shop or buy button, is that linked? 
uh, does that link straight to the, 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 the website or is there some sort of intelligent fulfillment or, or, or payment? We don't actually background? know yet. Know so yet. they've just yeah. announced it. But what would make sense if you look at Instagram the way it's set up, um, it would make sense that you would actually have a button or a little dollar sign or something loaded as a layer on top of the photo. So you would click it and it would probably then just take you straight to their e-commerce store. And then I would assume they would do an affiliate or link track um, commission based. So there would be a referral commission that would come back to Instagram for every lead that comes out of it. But where this does become quite exciting is if you take where Instagram started is with photographers, professional photographers. So they'll be able to sell their artwork straight away from the artwork. Oh, that's the immediate application. That's, that's where clever. I would see it. Absolutely. You know? So, of course, you have the plagiarism uh, issue as well. I mean, remember, we had that one chick down in Cape Town who was like, one of our biggest Instagrammers in South Africa, and they nailed her. Well, they probably didn't, but they caught her for selling plagiarism, so uh, selling other people's work. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how that space develops. Um, this is quite a cool one, uh, and this is something maybe we need to do here at Cliff Central. Uh, I came across an NFC business card. So if you know how NFC works, okay, you can tap and you get all kinds of information. We've got tap to pay. But what they've done is not just a sticker or a QR code or anything like that. They've actually put a little NFC sticker inside two pieces of board. So you print your business card the way you want it, single-sided or double-sided, and then they assemble it over the sticker. Wow. So you can go up to someone and say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm like that. I don't keep business cards. Someone hands me a business card. I take a picture of it. It goes into my address book, and that's it. Now you could actually just tap it and go to their website or to whatever experience they wanted you to. So I'm saying, like, let's take Cliff Central. We put a sound clip or something like that on there. You tap the, you know, you tap the card, and it just automatically opens up on the person's phone. So you're putting your content on their device. So you actually tap the phone? Against, the, so the NFC reader, look, it won't work on an iPhone. It'll only work on an Android or Windows phone. For oh, now. Is, is the iPhone not had, uh, doesn't it, it have NFC? It has NFC, but Apple, not that they ever close people off from anything, they've closed it because of Apple Pay. So Apple oh. Pay works on NFC. Okay. So they haven't opened up the protocol. But your watch, when you pair your watch, that's NFC. Okay. Um, so they use it as a closed communication. Android's had it for years, and Windows Phone has it as well. Um, not that I know anyone that has a Windows phone, but there are enough Android phones. So just, yeah, something to think about. Um, I just thought it was a very cool way of using tech. You know, Absolutely. You can actually put and that it's, in your, it's such a nice practical – there's so many uh, good uh, practical applications of it. Um, I mentioned Apple. So let's talk about Apple. So you use a MacBook. Last week, uh, I think it was Thursday, was the announcement of the new uh, – in I fact, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday, yeah. It was Wednesday because I was on the air and then it was that night. I told people, leave me alone. What are we going to do? Are we going to slate it? Well, um, I'm not slating it, but it looks like the market is slating it. Um, are you talking about the Windows comparison yes. with the Surface Book? Okay. And, and also the uh, Ubuntu laptops. That uh, I read an article today that the, the big Apple fanboys that have bought these MacBook Pros are actually getting rid of them or actually not buying the new one and they're buying the Ubuntu laptop. I didn't even come across that article, yeah. so thank you. I will have a look at that. So let me give you my – and I have to always put this uh, disclaimer out there. Uh, I am a fanboy. I love Apple. I've always loved Apple. So it's a case of shut up and take my money every time. You know, it's always funny. They walk out on stage and go, this is the best product name that we've ever made. It's the same every year. It doesn't matter if it's a phone, a MacBook, a TV, anything. It always starts off with this is the best. 
but it is. Okay, now, what a lot of people don't know is that Mac actually pioneered the notebook. They were the first to put together the kind of processing power. It was in the first netbook that they owned. Or it was called the Newton. or the, I don't think it was called MacBook. It had another name. It had a black and white screen with a couple of color icons. It was, quite a, it was really ahead of its time. But they, they did the first of the unified bodies that now everyone's copying. But where they have pushed the envelope is... They have a touch bar. So if you look at a normal laptop, you have your function keys along the top, you know, your F1, F2, and so on, and FU and all those things. <laughs> those are gone. There's a now a touch bar, an OLED touch bar. So it uses the same technology as your phone. So it has a touch screen. And no matter what app you're working in, so let's say you're working in Word, the, the touch bar will come up with predictive text. So you just tap it. Wow. If you're working in, on a website, the tabs appear. So home, navigate, all your navigation tabs appear. If you're working in uh, Final Cut, so let's use our industry. I mean, the guys are doing editing and that afterwards. They're working in Final Cut. All the sound tools appear. So you can just drag your finger up and down along the bar for your fast forward rewind. They did a demo, <clears throat> excuse me, with a um, DJ. And he had two t- turntables running on the MacBook. And then he split the touch bar for left and right fading. So he was actually controlling everything off the Mac. He didn't have any other peripherals. So from that point of view, it really is good. And then what they integrated into it is that there's no more power button on the Mac. The top right corner where the power button is is a touch sensor like your iPhone. So you just put your finger on there and it turns on and turns off. That reads you as the owner. But when you're on a website now, you can pay with Apple Pay. Um, you'll be able to pay with Apple Pay uh, straight from your straight from your phone, uh, wow. straight from your, your MacBook. From your MacBook. So that's pretty, that's pretty innovative. Um, which I thought, you know, as I said, all the guys are going to go, oh, it's another MacBook. We could buy the same specs for the same kind of money. It's not the case. It really is It is an innovation. They've done a lot more. They've crammed RAM in. And the real big thing is the new MacBook Pro is, is slightly thinner than the Air. Now, wow. that that's is, something. That's thin, yeah. The Air is about as, as, uh, as um, thick as an iPhone. Yeah. So they've got it thinner. I mean, everyone says, yeah, it tapers off on the one side, but we, we're talking about its highest point. It doesn't matter yeah. if it tapers off. It's thinner. And if you go, what they've done is they've done one version of the MacBook Pro without that whole touch that I've t- I was speaking about. That one weighs the same as the Air. So wow. it has the same weight, but it's a Pro processor and Pro hard drive up to two terabytes. So, yeah, all the guys that are anti it. Uh, what, are, what are they anti? What are they complaining? So about? they complain the same thing that they always do for that that processor, that RAM, that um, hard drive. Too you expensive. can buy a Windows machine for half the price. Don't you? I have the same argument every time. Show me a Windows machine in five years; it still runs at the same speed and the same processing ability. At the Mac does. Yeah, I've had a had a Pro for probably ten years, and it, and it still, and still runs. Hundred percent. No, they are bulletproof. Now, what you were talking about with the – so Windows actually launched the day before. They came up with two devices. They came up with their Surface Book. Okay. So let's just have a slate because not that I ever knock Microsoft on my show. <laughs> this They did four Surface tabs before they got to um, where the, the Surface Book. So they tried four times and they cocked it up. No one bought it. So now they've put it into a book, you know, more like a netbook or a notebook. Now there's a big hoo-ha and it's awesome. Okay. But what they did that really, I have to give them kudos. They brought out a 23 or 28 inch touchscreen surface. So for designers, you can now take a stylus sort of and work on a full size. So, but that's not really a go at the MacBook Pro. That's a go at the iMac. Yes. So you, you kind of can't go and like say, oh, well, you know, this is much better. Someone jumped on and said, yeah, but uh, you can get the 23 or 28 inch surface pro. 
If you can put a 28-inch Pro into a laptop bag and carry it around with you, fantastic. They're different markets. Yeah. So is that innovative for desktop? 100%. Um, does it compare to a MacBook or any notebook? No, it's not a notebook. Different market. So anyway, that's the that's the story. Um, as I said, I'm not I'm not slating anyone or, or anything more than I need to. But your Ubuntu discussion is interesting. Yes, that is interesting. I, I've never heard of an Ubuntu laptop. Okay, so you know who who Mark Shuttleworth yes, is, yes. right? So that's canonical, and that's the Ubuntu OS. He wrote it. Yes. Um, I don't believe that people would give up their, uh, their MacBooks. To, well, I'll tell you what. Hold on, let me take that statement back. Right. So OS is written on a Linux basis. So Ubuntu is Linux. So therefore, if you were going to leave Mac, you wouldn't go to Windows because we all hate Windows. You'd go to Ubuntu. But I'm surprised that they haven't actually left and gone to um, cloud books like Google cloud books. So, but again, Google's Android, Android's, um, you know, the Apple guys and Android guys don't really play so well together. So maybe that's the situation. But well, anyway, I had, I had a look at the laptops and they don't look that great, but they're all named after African bucks. Yeah. So that's it's right. the Impala, it's the, uh, Kudu, it's the, um, the, the whole lot of, uh, our bucks, which is interesting. All right. Now this one is interesting. Okay. Are you a gamer? Do you play games no. or consoles? <laughs> or anything like that? No. Candy Crush is about as far as okay, it goes. Yeah, but that, that's not platform. That's on your phone. Yeah. All right. So I'm not a gamer either, but my son does enjoy it. I actually forgot to mention this last week. So it's already a week old, and the reviews are coming in really, really good for these guys. But Nintendo is back. I mean, Pokemon Go was a huge break for them. They've just launched the Nintendo Switch. So what the Switch does, um, basically it's a multifaceted device that goes home and away. And I'm actually going to read the release. So at home, the Switch rests in its own Switch dock. That connects your system to your TV and so on. So you can play with a family in that like a Nintendo Wii or a PlayStation or anything like that. But if you lift the Nintendo from the dock, okay, the system becomes almost like a tablet. And that moves into a Game Boy type mode. Mm -hmm. So the same processor that would run your Game Boy or your PS, um, what are they called little ones? PSPs. Yeah, PSP. PSP, yeah. That's where Nintendo is playing now. The same portable device becomes a docked device. And it also has these two attachments that come on the side that give you your, your game pads. So like your Nintendo game pads. Um, but the whole thing is, is that you can now play the same game on the same platform anywhere. Whereas you've just mentioned Candy Crush. Yeah. You have to download it on your phone or you can play it on Facebook or you can play it online. You just have one unit that becomes your home entertainment system as well. So it was interesting. Um, I don't know how it would do. I don't know how well it would do in this market. Yeah, there's lots of competition. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, we're in the age of disruption. So this is disruption. So, uh, but, but I also think if you're carrying around two devices, you know, when you, when, you, when you leave home, there's only one real device that you carry around. You're fine. Yeah, so to actually have two separate devices. But remember, this is like aim also more at your kids. So your kid will take his or her yeah, device okay. with them in the car. They can play. But then when you get to... The hotel, you just dock it into the TV, they carry on playing, and the whole family can play. So sure. it's that unified um, uh, play that, they, that they're making that's very cool. Um, so, um, oh, Airbnb. Have you used Airbnb? <laughs> Interesting. I've uh, actually just booked uh, uh, for a trip to Mar Mauritius at the end of the year. So, sure. You, you're any good money, huh? <laughs> Business development is good. <laughs> You've got to take a break sometime. Yeah, really. I suppose you… I suppose you, um, you're entitled to if you want to. Um, 
So Airbnb, so you've gone through the process. Yes, so fantastic. Okay. They're facing a massive challenge at the moment. Okay, so please don't tell me they're shutting down before the end of December. Um, no. Okay. And these markets, you know, the nice thing is that when, when you're in South Africa or even Africa, I mean, let's say Mauritius and Madagascar kind of links to us. What goes on here, no one knows about. What doesn't go on here, no one knows about. So like they kind of were the last. Yeah. But they're facing a massive problem in their biggest market, which is New York. Um, apparently, New York has a legislation that says you cannot rent for under 30 days. Now, Airbnb's entire model is about quick short-term rentals. One day, two days, three, four days. But 30 days is very rare. Sure. And the, the reason that they're probably doing this is because the hotels, I mean, that New York's made out of hotels and they've got these massive apartments that people own and build and all those good things. Um, they're losing hand over foot, you know, cost you $300 a night if you're lucky to get into a hotel. Can get into an Airbnb for $180. So it's killing their market. So one of the um, the governors, who's obviously, you know, had a little chat or had a chat from some of these guys, now wants to start enforcing the statute. And if they do that, Airbnb would close down in New York. So it's a very interesting play. Yeah, it's very interesting, Brett. I think I think the, um, the question here is, uh, is around – Licensing and around sort of peer-to-peer kind of um, transaction, so I don't see how you you can be stopped from doing that. Maybe because it's a public platform, there's an issue there. But um, are there operator licenses for a hotel? Because why would the hotels be exempted from that? And that's why they do it. The same as why Uber went through the same crap that they went through. Sure, is that the operators, the guys that are paying the money. Um, to get rights inverted commas are now losing out because of the disruption, like an Uber and an Airbnb. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. And like within a week of that, um, it came to light that they're fighting legislation in Germany, Spain, and Amsterdam as well over the same type of thing. So they've got this huge business, and then they're getting attacked all over the place. Exactly what's happening to Uber. Absolutely. So what we're basically saying as a society is don't reward people for being innovative. Um, you know, let's just kind of sure. boom. I believe that uh, Aria is online, so I'm going to dial him in. But I, I think before I do, I'm going to have to actually just pay the bills as well because uh, that's what we do here. So I'm going to do that. And uh, I think, Neil, beforehand, should, should we say cheers? Are you going to go and actually pay some more bills for I've us? I've got to keep the lights on, Brett. It's been fantastic. Well, thanks for joining so, yeah. me, friend, because otherwise it would have been very lonely. So I'm I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to say cheers to you, and uh, we'll you, catch Brett. you on the flip side. Sure. Cool, man. Ciao. When you're growing a small business… Meetings, telecons, and admin move into dinners, recitals, and bedtime stories. But we know you knew that. We know that between the successes and failures, the courage to continue is what counts. We also know that the right meetings, telecons, and admin means better dinners, recitals at the school you want, and great bedtime stories. The courage to grow is business. We've got the advisors, products, and solutions that enable you to do so. MTN Business, a new world of business. Welcome back to the Futurology Show. So let's see, uh, Aria, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Fantastic. Well, thanks for thanks for joining me. So I think, let me. I don't know if you've been listening to in the show beforehand, but I'm having a very upside down day. Um, Brett two B two 
uh, didn't make it through. So I got one of the guys in the studio to join me up front so I wasn't sitting here lonely. And uh, I, I was like thinking, all that's going to go wrong is I'm not going to be able to connect with you and I've lost my guest for the day. So uh, you're going to be like co-host and guest today. Is that cool? Excellent. I can do it. Good. Well, I know you can. So I think um, let's just tell the listeners a, a, a little bit about why I wanted to have you online today. So I'm speaking to Arie Sternberg, who's the co-founder of uh, Prime Variable. As you can hear already, he has an American accent, but you living in Australia, which is where we met. That's right, in right. Sydney. Okay, so I think tell us a little bit about Prime Variable first, um, just to like kind of lay the land down for us, and, and uh, then I'm going to carry on with some of my weird and wonderfuls, and we're just going to chew the fat a little bit. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I'm uh, the, becoming an avid listener. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily have such cool shows down across over here in Australia, so it's uh, exciting to take part. Uh, you too. Um, <laughs> um, Prime Variable is uh, a business that's um, been formed over the last 17 years with uh, my parents, so it's a, a family-owned business. But um, that's kind of where it ends with typical family-owned businesses. Um, we we started as a dating website in 1999 called foxyplanet.com. And, um, Hold on a second. That, I you know, have to wanted- you there. You're doing a dating website with your parents. Which part of America are you guys from? Yeah, well, from Boulder, Colorado, so you oh, know, that's border. It's not as bad as like Idaho, one of those. So I kind of, I think we can forgive you. <laughs> oh, but Boulder, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, it, it is one of the few states that legalized marijuana, which is neither good nor bad. I have no position on that, but just saying, they're a bit progressive. Um, but the 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 dating site, uh, you know, we we wanted to challenge the status quo and and not match, you know, people who. One person likes snowboarding, the other person likes snowboarding, therefore you are um, compatible. We want to look a little bit deeper. And so um, we, my parents work in uh, working with different, different people of different backgrounds, but primarily Vietnam vets. And they found that, uh, you know, looking at how people feel about things and how they map the world in their mind, pre, pre-using words to describe, um, you know, in the nonverbal space, they saw patterns existing across and among disparate groups of people wow. so extrapolate from that um you know let's let's look at uh, couples that walk into a room and they you know you both look across the room and notice the guy sitting there with the cowboy hat on and look at each other and have that knowing look of you know hey hey we don't need to say anything but we recognize that and uh kind of played on it from there um so 17 years later we've uh just been working on that and Ready to, you know, really give it a go and take it, take it to the world as something new and <laughs> hopefully uh, cut, cut through the uh, proverbial CRAP. Don't know if that's a word you can say on this you station can or say not. Crap but, um, shit and anything else you want. We're unscripted and uh, we, I do it all the time. In fact, I sometimes slip even worse than that. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. But yeah, but yeah, no. It's um, it's been an interesting journey. My parents are over in uh, Fort Lee, New Jersey now, and they used to live with me in Vietnam, and um, we kind of perfected a lot of the uh, the platform and the thinking behind it. Uh, we both we we shared living in Vietnam for um, about thirteen years uh, with a crossover of about ten years. So uh, really, just a lot of cross cultural, cross language. Um, 
you know, just amazing opportunities to experience and share and, and test our ideas. Okay, so this was also the reason why I wanted to get you on, on, on today. You know, you've just said how uh, you lived in Vietnam. I know you've worked uh, through most of the um, SEA region. Um, but you and I share a common love for tech. And, I, and we were actually introduced in Sydney through a South African. So it's just one of those like real – it just shows how, how global people are but how they can unite over things like technology. Um, you know, so – I, I actually wanted to, to chat to you about the upcoming election because now you're an outsider effectively. I mean, you're living, you're living in Australia. Um, but obviously being an American, what's about to happen in, in the next few days has to, has to have a play. And I, I wanted to chat to you about your, your views on it. And again, you can say whatever you want, but more importantly, how the technology came into play, um, you know, on that or what is going down in the elections. Totally. Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm quickly opening up my LinkedIn. I, I wrote a post uh, recently. It was actually September 28th, just after the uh, first presidential um, debate. And, um, you know, I, there, there were a few different memes that went out of, uh, you know, Hillary and uh, Trump, you know, attacking each other in different forms of uh, Godzilla manner. But what um, what, what really kind of irked me, and I think this is really in line with uh, the radio show, is uh, the utter lack of really any attention being given to the amazing uh, technological breakthroughs that are happening right now. Um, you know, the the, the American uh, people are really concerned about jobs and about keeping people, you know, in their seats, and I'm a huge proponent of new tech. But, you know, when you talk about just something, one, one of many, uh, like autonomous vehicles, uh, the the shakeup that that's going to bring to, you know, not just taxi drivers and Uber, uh, but everything, you know, from the postal system to waste management to lo- the logistics industry, uh, you know, you're talking about massive, massive shifts. So it's like, let's talk about, you know, did we see or not see this guy's green card, you know, when he was at the border and Trump says, I saw their green card. Um, meanwhile, you know, the entire uh, vehicle industry of driving is, is going to shift and not a single mention of that in any of the three debates that have happened. So um, I'm, I'm about as apolitical as they come for an American living overseas. But even even I have to question, you know, wh- where are people, you know, wh- where, where do the priorities lie? Yeah, well, that, and, you know, we obviously not as uh, not as involved in it. I mean, from our side, sitting in South Africa, we're more concerned about what it's going to do to the currencies. You know, who comes into the White House. Um, you know, opinions aside, it makes a difference which way you go. There's going to be big changes, and I don't know if there are good changes um, on either camp. You know, if you if we look at their stances, and, and when you're getting down to whether someone is, uh, you know. Um, against women and, and abusive of women and all these things or someone who leaks emails um, you know we just sitting here going well as, <laughs> as a third world country that just gets banged every time something goes wrong in the first world countries how is this going to affect us you know and these are this is our interest in it absolutely well I, I did hear the show uh, a couple weeks back talking about uh, blockchain and um, it's another one of those uh, technologies that you know people sort of have heard about they think about bitcoin and uh they think about okay well there's you know maybe a new currency coming around but 
as as you guys discussed, it's a it, it's a shift in how um, you know the security of, of information changing hands uh, happens. And you, you look at industries like the the legal industry and and accounting, just as as a global phenomenon, they're going to change completely. Um, <laughs> you have to wonder what 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 are we going to be doing about currency when the U.S. dollar um, is meant to be sort of that uh, stable piece of um, currency that you know everything is banked on. I mean, the the British pound sort of took a hit uh, in, in the whole Brexit stuff. Sure. I, I honestly don't. I wish I had an answer, and I, I don't think that there's enough people looking at it that should be looking at it that could actually you know. Say what is going to happen? Um, so, so basically, you know, from from my side, you mentioned blockchain and Bitcoin. Uh, I came across an article yesterday, and um, they've started punting Bitcoin here in South Africa. Uh, I mean, I know it's available all over the world, but it's not really something that that I mean, I've never sat down at a restaurant and seen a sign that says "Pay with Bitcoin." But when you start looking at the uncertainty in the world, and let's be honest, it's not just America. I mean, we've got it everywhere. We've got our own issues here. I don't know if you get any South African news, but you do know some South Africans. And uh, we're having fun with our president and our previous public prosecutor and so on, and even our finance minister. You know, they tried to charge him with fraud, and our rand just dropped like 50, 60 cents within an hour, you know. Um, so wow. Bitcoin is actually quite sexy and quite appealing, but you know the blockchain is is paramount to making the bitcoin work um and the, and of course yep. the biggest problem and this is hopefully why people listen to my show is that we caution people there are so many people out there that are going to tell you they can sell you a bitcoin um that you know they can sell it to you at x rate and if you buy it at this rate you'll earn like 30% return month on month guys bitcoin is not an investment it's a currency you don't earn 30% month on month if the exchange rates change on the exchange that you bought the Bitcoin, yes, you earn money, but that's like holding any currency. Um, I don't know if you're seeing things like this over in, in, in Oz at the moment. Um, is Bitcoin becoming a movement? Are people starting to move their cash into it? I, I'm going to say largely no. Um, I do have a few friends who are sort of in, in the land of geek, um, and they, they do – dabble um but when you you know when you think about uh i just did a quick google search you know 12 cryptocurrency alternatives to bitcoin um it, it's it's a really tough question to answer most people if you ask them do you know what bitcoin is they'll nod and say yes and you understand do you understand what bitcoin is pretty quickly they're going to shake their head and say no um go a step deeper and say do you know what powers bitcoin or what bitcoin is based on a few i'd say a few of my peers would be able to come up and say blockchain and maybe one out of a hundred could explain some semblance of what, um, what, what blockchain is and how it works. Um, Australia, no us much more so. Um, but again, I think that's limited to uh, Boulder Valley has, um, one of the largest number of uh, tech startup, um, and, and sort of startup investment in the U S next to, um, Silicon Valley and Palo Alto. So, um, you do get more people that are involved in in most places in the world, but I think even the average American, yes, heard of Bitcoin. What is blockchain? Uh... <laughs> Look, I must be honest. I laugh. You know, you and I know what it is because we we're in the space. 
Um, but and in fact, my guest next week, um, B2, I, I know you're listening because I can see the tweets going. But um, Candice is joining us next week, Candice Sutherland. We've had on before. We refer to her as Doctress Doom. She sits there and helps <laughs> companies prevent cyber attacks. And they actually, she's involved in insurance against uh, cyber attacks and the do's and don'ts. Um, and, I mean, blockchain and crypto is obviously the two key words that will come out of her mouth repeatedly next week. So hopefully people will tune in and, and, and hear next week's show. But I, I'm fascinated by how this whole thing works because obviously with the good comes the evil. And if we take like what's going on in the world with ISIS and terrorism, you know, Bitcoin and, 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 and that is a, is a no-brainer to move funds around. But that's where blockchain comes into it, yep. is that you can control it. You know, you can start to put a ledger behind it, which makes people say, well, then if you can and you've got a ledger, um, then how anonymous is it really? You know, so... I think we're going to see some interesting stuff in that space. Um, I don't want to harp too much on the elections, and you're quite happy to plead the fifth, but do you have a call on who's <laughs> going to take the, the White House on, on November 8th? I, I don't. And the reason why is that the, the, the polls seem to be, you know, magically just bouncing back and forth. Um, it it seems like equally uh, Trump and uh, Hillary uh, Clinton have equal amounts of support. Um, there's a an independent named uh, Gary Johnson who's uh, running mate. It's a fellow named Weld. I actually went to high school with uh, David Weld, um, the running mate's son. So I'm I'm you know quietly hoping that you know this governor of New Mexico, who's sort of a, a dark horse, can can attract enough attention and. Get America's attention to you know it's not just one or the other. Um, a bit of a, a sidestep, but there's a uh, a fellow that did a rap uh, called Dillery Dillery Crump, I think, or Dillery Clump or something. Yeah, uh, I, I highly recommend looking it up. Uh, he really just takes the takes the piss out of both sides and um, just kind of calls it like it is. Fantastic! Uh, you tweeted out with the hashtag Futurology, so we can find it. Definitely, definitely. Oh, no, awesome. uh, look, it's it's coming up. Um, whichever way it goes, uh, you're going to see some serious currency fluctuations after oh, that. No, I know, and so, I'm worried about uh, it. <laughs> In fact, even Australia <laughs> yeah. is going to be affected. I mean, let's be honest. When when their big partner, which is China, stops spending or or makes a, a ripple in the market, um, the Australian dollar takes a bang. You know, it's just how it is. If you're the smaller one and the big guys do bad things, then the smaller guy feels it. It's just that's economics. Um, but for us, we have our, we have so many issues already as it is, and then to sit with that looming over our head. I mean, Brexit. If if Brexit affected us the way it did, which it did, um, and that wasn't for any real bad reason. There wasn't like someone came into power that maybe other people didn't want with policies. It was just about them leaving. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens when one of those guys takes the throne. Um, and I think the parodies that that will follow in the next week will be awesome. Anyway, I want to move on to a, I want to move on to a happier thought. In fact, before I do, I need to mention, um, I saw that Coca-Cola has launched a new flavor. Um, it's their first new one in 10 years since uh, Vanilla Coke, <laughs> but they've done it in Australia. Which is weird, but then when I looked at the flavor, which is ginger, I don't know any other country in the world that drinks ginger beer at the rate that you guys do. I think beetroot on your hamburgers 
and ginger beer. Those are like the two things that are synonymous uh, um, with uh, with Australia. Have you tried Coke ginger? <laughs> I mean, it's or is it not actually out yet? I I have not tried it. I was actually looking in the store to see if I could spot it. Um, from from what I read, and, and uh, not sure if you read the same article I did, but um, it, it sounds like it. it uh, kind of overwhelmingly didn't get the kind of uh, punch that they were hoping for. Um, this Coke ginger uh, example is, is very interesting. Um, I understand that they're going to be doing a pretty big Snapchat launch, um, which from my understanding in Australia, it's one of the first brands to really delve into the Snapchat world, um, which kind of is, is addressing the quote-unquote millennial uh, demand for something different. Interestingly, Every single commentator who tasted the brand uh, does not sit within that millennial uh, age range, um, which is you know kind of 35 and under or 30 and under, depending on who you ask. So it's, it's interesting that you know that I, I don't know if it's a really really smart play or if they're just you know kind of suffering. Uh, Coke Life didn't do very well. And uh, I, I'm actually waiting for them to bring back Cherry Coke. I thought that was a really good one. That's quite interesting because we've actually just had Cherry Coke like brought back for a limited time. Then it disappeared again. But they've just now launched Coke Life in South Africa. And I must say I love it. You know, For someone getting older that needs to watch sugars um, but still wants you know, the taste. Um, but, yeah, the ginger one freaked me out a bit. It's just the only reason I'm bringing it up is it just goes to show how – technology joins these worlds i mean you're there i'm here we're talking live um and i'm hearing about things like coca-cola because of the digital footprint that they're putting down and maybe that's all it is maybe they're just trying to get the word coke back into a digital sphere regardless of the flavor and the only way to do that is to disrupt so if you do find a can keep one for me and uh, you can post it over i just it's just one of those things i have to taste um, I want to move on to something that we both love, which is virtual reality. Um, I mean, I know you're involved with the virtual reality forum in Australia as well. Um, so I always like each week, I always try to find something that, uh, that refers to virtual reality. So IMAX have announced two virtual reality venues. One's in LA and one's in Manchester. So one in the UK and one in America. Um, I don't know how you take the big screen because that's what IMAX is. And now you turned it into a small screen because that's what you're doing. Have you seen anything about IMAX's VR play? Um, is this something you've been following? I I have not. But what what strikes me is um, so you know you know you know what separates what kind of differentiates IMAX from regular film, right? Yeah. So they, they, you know, they use uh, specific cameras. They use, you know, much um, higher resolution, and just uh, the production that goes into it is, you know, built especially for those massive, sort of almost not 360, but the IMAX screens that you know are much taller and wider and, and cover a lot more, um, for lack of a better word, width. So I, I'm I'm going to hazard a, an educated guess that they're going to take the film that they've done. Um, use those cameras and either with a th- with a 360 rig, put it into VR. Um, I, I don't know what IMAX would do with a specific um, like virtual reality uh, theater because you're you know individuals wear VR headsets. 
So yeah, but it sounds I like can't imagine actually, that you won't be able to use it at home. It sounds like they're actually gearing up their cinemas. So you'll go to a, an IMAX VR cinema. Um, obviously, you'll sit in a seat and they'll give you a, a headset. Now, when you talk about the production quality in that, maybe they're going to do something with like HTC Vive or Oculus because they're going to need a really high output device. They could actually take that film and process it, you know, at the speeds that they shoot and play. Um, I mean, I, in fact, there's another. I, I remember my first IMAX movie that I ever watched was actually in Darling Harbour, um, the big IMAX that's there in Sydney. Yep. So uh, it's it's just weird that they've gone to a small screen. That's the that's the thing that that I find strange when I, I came across the article. Um, and then the other thing that I came across was the NBA basketball. Um, they've now yep. started a whole virtual virtual reality experience. Um, with a company called Next VR. So what they're going to do is, if you have a league pass subscriber, so for South Africans, because basketball is not a, not a big thing here, um, but you, they sell these passes that you can like watch all the on-demand content and, uh, you can go behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. You know, that, that on-demand market's just not something we have here. But basically what they're going to do is they're now shooting with VR. So you'll be able to watch instant replays. You'll have the graphic overlays. And uh, they're going to do the first one with the Sacramento Kings and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, or have done it, I should say, rather. It was October 27, last week. Um, are you a basketball fan at all? In, in principle, let, let's pretend I'm a huge fan. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I did... I did hear about, um, and I actually uh, did a, a bit of a tweet on, uh, I think Budweiser actually sponsored a Google Cardboard-style um, VR experience for the fans in the seats, and the Google Cardboard coupled as a beer holder. Okay, that's clever. <laughs> I that's figured that, really would, that would be pretty cool. Like, yeah, that's, that's, you see, that's nice. That's putting brain in your hands, literally. I mean, I like those, those type yeah. of plays. Um, I must say, I enjoy basketball. I really do. I've seen a game in Madison Square Gardens, which is, I mean, that's pretty much the kind of basketball game you want to see. Um, I didn't really follow the rules. You know, just squeaking shoes and bouncing balls and screaming people. Um, but I think that's any sport. But the, the whole concept of being able to get that kind of overlay information at home, it's just showing our VR is starting to, to really become more than a marketing opportunity. Which is what everyone saw it as, you know, it was just like, ah, it's a gimmick, it's gonna go. I don't think so. I mean, we've got people building cinemas and companies like the NBA investing in it. Then obviously this is not going anywhere. Um, it's actually quite weird. All my stuff I'm finding seems to be American. I've got a, uh, I've got another article that popped it here on USA Today. Um, so USA, I actually don't know what USA Today is. Is that a TV show or is that a newspaper? It's a newspaper come website, uh, one, one of the news, kind of daily news uh, delivery platforms, we'll say. Okay. But yeah, it was, it was one of the websites, yeah. Okay. Because what they're going to do is they're they, um, doing a new show now with YouTube, and they're calling it Virtually, but it's V-R-T-U-A-L-L-Y. So Virtually There. Um, they're saying it's a first-of-a-kind show that will use a 360-degree video, and um, U.S. USA Today's mobile app to immerse viewers into the story. So, for example, if you if you see a story on a hot air um, hot air balloon festival in New Mexico, you'd be able to be in the balloon. 
or they could put you inside the cockpit of an F-18. Um, so they're taking the stories and they're actually starting to use virtual reality technology and, and camera technology so that they can actually immerse the reader. So that makes sense. If you're saying it's a website, you'd now actually be able to watch the website in a VR headset and be inside the story, which I think is awesome. I mean, that really is a different perspective to news. So I, I, I don't know how much I can talk about it, but um, th- there are definitely uh, some real advances happening over here in uh, in Sydney in, in the virtual reality space. Um, just last weekend, I was at the shooting of a uh, feature film uh, for virtual reality. And it was very interesting because, um, you know, people think about VR and they, they sort of think, oh, you put on a headset and, you know, you, you look around and see stuff. Some people have actually put on an Oculus or, you know, an HTC Vive and had the full experience where you have agency and you can actually move around in the space and duck down and look under a table and, and you know, grab stuff. And other people have only tried the 360 video where you're, you're sort of standing still and it doesn't really matter where you move. You're, you're beholden to whatever the, the camera uh, is, is recording. So these guys are filming a, um, a live experience which is being filmed in 360, but the the camera is actually the perspective of the protagonist. And so the actors that were in the room, which is a full 360 green screen room, were acting to the camera and talking to the camera and, you know, putting you in the position of uh, what, what I saw it to be a very interesting sort of um, kind of future punk um, experience. Uh, really, really pretty cool. Um, and then the other one that we saw that's happening right now is uh, the cutting edge of what they call volumetric uh, video capture, which is where you have a person pretty much standing in the middle of a dome of, uh, let's say, 80 cameras, and it um, really captures their, their lifelike experience and then puts that them as an object, either live or pre-recorded, into the virtual space and, and to be used... Uh, you know, as as either an, an animated or a static image or object, and it's it's this kind of stuff that's you know kind of breaking the barriers of what we understand you know as as a reality that we know. But then you know, for example, um, my fiance Marcia was in the virtual space, took a um, the singer who was singing a video, turned him upside down and balanced him on his head on the ground, and you know he's playing guitar and singing, but he's upside down. That and is, just like in, in a regular room. That's very cool. So you're actually interacting with the production as opposed to watching the production. Yeah. Could you imagine and, and doing things at something like that? How awesome that would be. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's coming. I mean, that guy's <laughs> mind is already a virtual reality. So if you, if you, could you imagine like him allowing us into his mind through, you know, through a production value? That would be incredible. I mean, that would be, you don't need drugs. Oh. You just need to step inside and have a look-see. Um, look, I, you know, it sounds like what you guys are doing there is kind of what guys are doing in the States. And I know there's a couple of plays that are happening here. So what that tells me is that virtual reality is not a gimmick anymore. I mean, people are obviously investing serious time and money into this technology. Um, you, you know, 
where does it go from there though how do we how do we make it mainstream does it does it stay in cardboard um the fact that google's pixel now comes with daydream headset yeah i know you've played with the htc vive so you know that apparently is one of the best headsets in the world at the moment but it's not necessarily an affordable headset to everyone are we going to go through the challenge that we did when smartphones first started so the affordability of the technology versus the demand what are you what are your feelings I, the well, Facebook, you know, buying Oculus is a is kind of a, a pretty pretty easy one to to say. It's you know they're not going to let it go go elsewhere. But um, the if anyone remembers uh, Second Life, yes, uh, I'm not do. sure if you ever got in there and played it. Right? I remember so the bad article Second Life as well. Yeah, it got it got a bit weird. Um, so the, the guy the guy that started it, um, he started a new company around 2011. And has been building, I believe his space is called High Fidelity. And so he's kind of come back at it with a vengeance. And, um, you know, his, his thinking, and there's two that are competing. One is the original um, Linden Lab, which this guy left, but they've continued. Um, one side is saying, uh, let's let people have their own servers at home. And then they sort of plug into the world and they everyone sort of shares powering the space and you know you kind of build your own space and put live and if you've ever read the book um oh the the, the main the main character is hero protagonist but i can't remember the uh, neil stevenson book but basically whoever cracks the multiverse space that everyone buys into and goes in and starts creating their own avatars and engaging in uh that that's going to be the end of it because um, you know, haptic feedback and wearing, whether you're wearing a vest or, you know, gloves or something that lets you feel it. Um, there's no going back once you really taste it and, and you have something that you want in there that, you know, you can put a headset on and put on some gloves and, and live in that space. Whereas in real life, you know, it's your plain old apartment and outside is the smog. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's no question in my mind. It's definitely, definitely going that way. It's, it's that, Face, Facebook style shared social chat room, if you will, uh, but kind of a chat room on steroids yeah, and no, in virtual reality. No, and I think you know <laughs> what's important about that is it also helps people. You know that when when uh, online dating started, and you said at the beginning of the show that you were involved in it, um, there was a bit of a stigma to it. You know, people are meeting people online, then we're losing the social aspect, and yet when you look at the statistics now. Um, a lot of relationships that start online are actually still going strong and have been successful. So if that's just through text and a couple of photo shares and, I mean, you can hang out or Skype or whatever it is, if you could go into a virtual world where you could be sitting in each other's spaces wherever you are, um, and more importantly for people that travel or away from their families, your families could come with you, inverted commas, and you could be at home in their environment so they could see where you are and you could see where they are i think that's fantastic you know i really think that's something that will enhance humanity not not break us down absolutely absolutely um and and i wish that humanity would come along for that ride uh you know the utopia that would be a wonderful where you know uh, kumbaya and everyone's holding hands and happy uh, I read an article the other day about a woman who, you know, she went to a virtual chat room um, and it was in a, a shared game space and uh, some guy was trying to grow her avatar. And <laughs> <laughs> like, really? 
<laughs> like seriously. Um, and yeah, it's just it's unfortunate, you know, that it's it's Donald Trump come to life in virtual space. It's like, come on, guys, there's no need for that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm laughing because some of our our earlier podcasts, or not earlier, but a few podcasts ago. Um, well, actually quite a lot because it was CES, which is January. Um, we talked about the fact that the biggest success of the show was virtual porn. You know, that people could immerse themselves into a porn experience. Um, so basically, when guys are groping avatars, um, then that makes 100% sense because that's the human aspect. You know, you... The masquerade balls of the early Victorian period were designed for that same reason. When you hide behind a mask, you, you hide your identity. Therefore, you can be what you're not, you know. Um, so when you're living in a virtual world, you can build the body that you want, the look that you want. And in your opinion, you can have what you want. And that's what Second Life was all about. And that's where it went wrong, you know. Um, yeah. Virtuality now lets you live as a real person inside the virtual world. And if that's how you are, then that's how you are. But I, I'm sure the groping isn't going to be the, the beginning and end of it. It's going to get a lot worse than that. Um, we, we're getting to the top of the hour, which is amazing. I mean, we say this every single week. I should probably just make a sound clip for it. Um, but I, I, I wanted to pick up on something that I know that you specialize in. Um, and I actually think I referred to it in last week's show. It was a buzzword that was thrown around, which is intent marketing. Um, you know, in this world of acronyms and things that we do. But I, I mean, when you and I met, I know that that's kind of what you were doing and or setting up something in the intent space. So I think just to wrap it up, because this is a show about the future, intent marketing is not something we do in South Africa. Um, it's probably something we could be doing in South Africa. So maybe take us through. We've got, we've got about five minutes. If you can take us through what intent marketing is and what it is that you do and how we do it and I don't know, maybe people reach out to us and say, well, they have intent. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a, it's a, it's a complex, it's a complex idea that's actually pretty simple. And, um, I, I, again, look back to my parents for bringing me up to ask the question whenever I didn't know why someone did something, you know, it was asked the question, you know, what are they doing by doing that? Um, and it really fits when you're looking at different cultures or people from different places and you just don't understand the situation in the digital marketing space, you know, it's measuring purchase intent and trying to understand, you know, what actions someone is taking. Um, can I measure what they did? Did they click on that banner? Did they download, you know, a white paper about a certain kind of a, a product? Did they uh, share a piece of content on social media? Are those actions in such an order that I can measure their intent to purchase? Um, but I think it, it, it goes back a bit, you know, it goes broader than that because, um, we're only really looking at um, the, the click stream, as they say. You know, what were the what were the actions someone took in the order to accomplish a, a goal that we set out, a conversion. You know, and but when people are going throughout their day, or they're going across websites, or they're on their favorite news website, if they click on a new page or they click on an ad, that ad is sitting next to content. Uh, that person is sitting somewhere in the world, maybe a coffee shop or at work or, you know, at, at, in, in the car, uh, you know, in the passenger seat while someone else is driving and they've got two kids in the back. Um, there's a whole story to understand around the life people live. And people share uh, 
their interests and their needs and um, what what they want out of the world uh, freely. And it's it's available in social media. It's available in the content that they produce. Uh, it's available in the content they consume. So uh, the the consultancy that uh, the future of of what I'll be doing is is beyond intent because we want to be looking at you know it's great to know what someone clicked on, uh, but why? So what? Who cares? Let's actually you know understand a little bit more about them and what they're doing and uh, try to measure that and be a little bit more conscious about um, how we're engaging with people in, in the space that they're giving us access to. Sure. Okay, so I, I definitely think we're going to have to do another show because, I, I, I mean, I've obviously <laughs> followed what you've said there, but the fact that you're talking about moving beyond it, and I've just told you we don't even have it, um, <laughs> that's what the Futurology show is all about. So, so Aria, we're definitely going to get on, on onto a call again, um, but it's something I'm going to want to do with the other Brett here as well because it's a space he'll play. I do have to wrap it up. Um, so I, I just want to thank you very much for making the time. It's, uh, what, nearly 10 o'clock at night, your time. So uh, I'll let you go and uh, get some sleep. And, um, yeah, thanks again for, for joining us here on now on the Futurology Show. Thank you, Brett. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. We'll chat soon. Thanks a lot. So until next time, uh, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliffcentral.com.